Okay, a little bit of revision. What year are we in? And, yeah, 2017. Right, on this slide there are seven things that are going to come up. Let's see if you can shout them out though. These are the seven key things about this year. Yep. Year of the Running Sword, yep. Yeah, I'm thinking of seven specific things. Olive tree, yep. Yes. Shall I help you? Yeah, Gwen's already had that one. Coronation and victory. Any more? Any more? Okay, I'll put it up. Now, why why have I done that? Why have I tested you? Four or five out of seven is not bad, actually. Because we have just moved into the month of Nissan, which, get ready for your brains to just receive this, is the first month. Okay? It's not the first month of the civil year. It's the first month of God's calendar. So God's calendar starts with deliverance from Egypt and captivity and Passover. That was the time, that's the, that's the moment that God marks in the calendar. So if you read in the Old Testament, you'll quite often think, oh, wow, hang on a sec, I thought the first month was this month and the seventh month was that month. This is the first month in God's calendar. It's the seventh month of the civil calendar, seven being a completion as well. So that's quite an important thing. But also, the reason why I've brought this up again today is because we've only got another six months to see these things fulfilled, okay? So we, we, we you know, we, we, we spend time on it at the beginning of the year, and there's some, you know, we make reference to it as we go through. But really, if we want to try and embrace everything that God has for us in this window of time, then we need to keep refreshing it. We probably need to refresh it every month. You know, we just had a key month of Adar where we celebrate Purim, which is all about coronation and victory. So that was a very key thing in that month. So that's just a revision of that. Now, we've also got, alongside that, running alongside that, these different aspects about the year of 2017. Now, these were key points at the Council of Prophets at the beginning of, or the end of, of 2016, going into 2017, felt that God was speaking about 2017. You've got the two things going on. And the two things are really important because we, we live in a world that marks the calendar as 2017, although we live on, on God's timetable. So I just wanted to just quickly revisit these very quickly. Breakthrough year, symbolism of the number 17 being important. Time to receive your breakthrough. If you've got breakthrough to receive, this is the year to receive it. Mantles are being passed. This is a, a year where we're going to see mantles being passed uh, through the church, generation to generation to generation. Let the ecclesia arise. It's time to build. You know, some of the things that we've even seen becoming fruitful in the town this week actually is going to enable that. I'm trying to just remind you because God's already spoken this and now we want to connect with some of the things that God's actually doing to what he's actually said because we want to be thankful, don't we, for that. You know, there's another point just about to come up here, John 17 movement. That's all about unity. It's all about the different streams coming together. If you read that paragraph, and those are things we prayed in the 50 days of prayer. These are things that we prayed into. All of these things we prayed into over and over and over again. We were banging the enemy. You're not going to have the territory. So it's exciting. We prayed about harvest. We've seen harvest in the last 
few weeks, haven't we, with some of the evangelism that's been going on in the town. New Renaissance, a movement of reformers, the effects of the election. Well, that's just continual, isn't it? New alliances between nations, all the things that are going on with, with Europe right now. The United Nations, Israel, Egypt, and the Middle East. I bring it to your attention just to say these are things that we've got to keep, keep hold of as we move through the year. So last week, Dave talked about, what did he talk about? Here's another test, Dave. Let's see if they remember. What did Dave talk about last week? Yeah, and something else. Talked about something else linked in with that. Shabbat. He talked about the roots of the fruit because actually he was leading into the place of Shabbat. We in this house believe that God, that time is linear, obviously, but time is also uh, in cycles. And God has these different cycles in which to us to have appointments with him, to have our lives blessed. So the first of those cycles is the weekly Shabbat. And God promises to invade our lives in an incredible way. And Dave shared all about that last week. This promise from Isaiah, you will find your joy in the Lord. We sang about joy this morning. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. So that's the weekly cycle. Now my focus this morning, having given you a little bit of context around the year, is to look at the monthly cycle, the monthly cycle of first fruits. How many here have had uh, the Issachar teaching around first fruits? Okay, so there's a few, but there's quite a few of you here. So those of you that have, you can join in, right? You can help with this. If I get anything wrong, I expect you to put your hands up. Say, Marie, you've got that wrong. No, um, it's really important to give, to give us all the opportunity because we talk about first fruits because we've been celebrating first fruits for probably seven years now. And every time people come in, we probably just assume everybody knows about first fruits, but actually... We need to just revisit it. So, uh, so to those of you that have already received it, it's good revision. And it's going to help you in teaching others about it. And to those of you that haven't received it, get ready. Because this is an amazing cycle in God's calendar that he wants us to experience his blessing. He wants us to experience his goodness. He wants us to have that special revelation for each month. And um, you're missing out. So... The people gathered at the start of every month. They bought uh, a monthly first fruits. They celebrated. I'm going to go into why they did this in a minute. But this is just to give you a bit of a flavor. They bought a special offering to release God's favor on the month ahead. They listened to the words of the prophets. They gained direction in how to prosper in the new season. And by staying in this cycle, God's people were enabled to have great success. We look at, don't we, the Jewish people. They are a tiny percentage. If you were here for the... Uh, message that I gave on the one new man. They're a tiny number, really, in comparison to the rest of the world, nation-wise, and yet the percentage of success within the Jewish community in terms of their achievements, their prosperity, is absolutely phenomenal. Why do we think that is? Because God, they're actually, they live in that cycle of life that God has put down for them to live and fulfilling that promise of prosperity. The yearly feasts take us through a set of spiritual transactions every year. So autumn, winter, spring, and summer. God designed the cycles, the weekly, the Shabbat, the monthly, first fruits, and the yearly cycles to bring us into blessing. 
so that we break out of the linear where it becomes very mundane and relentless because the enemy wants to release strategies against us to knock us down, to push us off course. Listen, you know, if I could tell you about the last two weeks I've had, terrorist attack one week, everybody's, you know, going crazy about that. This week, horrific murders. It's like if I didn't have... God's, I, I think about some of the people I work with, I, I really do, that if I didn't have God's cycles to latch into, hang on, let's just stop a minute, I don't know where I'd be, because it's, you know, the world is not a great place. So, celebrating Rosh Kadesh, let's just give you a little bit of background to this. So let's start at the beginning, it's a good place to start, isn't it, as the song goes, Genesis 1 God, God designed the heavens to be a revelation of his timing. We see how the word says, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night and let them be for signs and for seasons. So even in the very first chapter of the Bible, we have um, God setting out his heavenly timetable, his heavenly structure. He arranged the sun, moon, and stars in the heavens to establish his timing in our lives. You're probably thinking, what, what on earth is Sean about? But that, that's the truth, because the moon is very much part of the clock. The word for month comes from the word moon. And 12 times a year, God arranged for the cycle of the moon to go through 12 times, which divided the months or the year, into 12 separate months, except one year, where there's 13. So in the, we have a leap, what we call a a leap year, but in the Hebrew calendar, they obviously have the leap year, but they have two months of Adar. So, because the moon goes through 13 cycles. So we have Adar 1 and Adar 2, and that was 5776, was a year where we had the thirteen. So the moon is really quite a key. And there are other religions as well that use the lunar cycle for their calendar. But in essence, the 12 times a year, um, the moon goes through this cycle. And every month, the Jews watch for the new moon to appear. And when they saw that tiny little sliver appear, the new month had begun. And they call that Rosh Kadesh. Now, let's have a bit of Hebrew practice here. Dirt will probably correct to get this. So, let's say Rosh Hadesh. Is that right, Dirt? Hadesh. So, okay. Now, Rosh means head. And Hadesh is month. So, so you're all, you've all had a bit of Hebrew this morning. So, when we celebrate first fruits... Let's look back to Deuteronomy 26. If you just turn to Deuteronomy 26, and I'll just get it up on my iPad. This was a time after Israel had entered the land. And you've got a whole chapter here about Israel entering the land and the commandments and um, God setting out that there is peculiar people. And you've got the, that when they came into the land, they were to put the first portion of the harvest in a basket and take it to God's sanctuary. And at the sanctuary, they were to give the first fruits of their land to the priest and publicly declare the goodness and faithfulness of God. So 
there was this sense that Israel would give the first to God. God also had promised them, and this is amazing when you read this part, this is verse 19, and to, it says here, and the Lord avouched you today to be his peculiar people, special people, as he promised you, that you should keep all the commandments and his commandments, and to make you high above all nations which he has made in praise and in name and in honor, that you might be a holy people unto the Lord, your God, as he has spoken. Now, if we're grafted in, what do you think that means? It means it's for us too. So let me just read it again. And to make you high above all nations which he has made in praise and in name and in honor, that you might be a holy people unto the Lord your God as he has spoken. That is an amazing promise. That is an incredible promise that's part of what he wants us to enjoy. Every time God gives us a first in our lives, we should honor God by giving him back a first. When we do that, his blessing is released. I'm sure if I said through the floor open and said, anybody want to share a testimony of how you gave God your first, a first, what did you then see manifest in your life? The blessing that God wants to release into our lives, the principle of us giving God our first is not, it's not actually for God necessarily. He didn't need it, does he really? It's actually to do with the transaction that he wants to release to us. There's something unique in the world regarding firsts, isn't there? Who can remember the second person that stood on the moon? Anybody remember the second person that stood on the moon? Oh, that's pretty good. Well done. Okay. Anybody remember the fourth person that stood on the moon? <laughs> Anybody remember the second person to break the mile record? Oh, we got, oh, we got some right. Uh, you both are on my pub quiz team. I'm looking forward to that pub quiz near my new house, and you're going to be first on the team. Anybody remember the fifth person? <laughs> The point I'm making is that firsts are really important. The first time we do something. First time a baby walks, that's pretty special. You don't think about second or third or fourth or fifth. The first time the baby walks, that's really quite unique. There's something unique in the world about firsts. And God wants us to give him our first. It's a key way to honor him is to, to give him our first. So, holiness. Now, the word for holy is kadosh. I don't think, unless Dit will correct me here, it's linked to chadosh in any particular way. But one of the things that we are we, and we're doing a whole teaching on holiness. Holiness isn't necessarily, it doesn't equal piety. Let's put it that way. Holiness is actually about something that's special. When God says, I want you to keep the Sabbath holy, he's saying, I want you to keep the Sabbath special. I want marriage to be special. I want first fruits. We want first fruits to be special. Walking in holiness is about treating God as special. It means honoring God with everything that we, we have and that we are. So to release God's blessing on the new month, Israel would honor God by giving him, his, giving him the first of the month. They would gather in the temple, watch for the new moon, and when it appeared, they would hold a special praise celebration. I think you did that, didn't you? You worshipped him on Tuesday night. 
not quite when the moon appeared. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Back. Okay. Okay. It was Monday night into Tuesday anyway, so you were at the end of the day. But the, but the point is, it's, a, it's supposed to be a special time. I don't know how we, how we factor that into the calendars that we live in. Because actually, that, the point where the new moon appears, that's when we should be celebrating. In fact, in the Jewish tradition, that's, it's a rest day, it's a feast day, it's a, it's a celebration day. So, but as we do that, as we give God the first of our time, all of our time becomes set apart. So it, it, there's not a thing about, all right, we've done it now on uh, Monday night, that's it. It's at the principle there is that if we give him that first, the effect of giving him the first is that everything then comes into play. It's like, he, he's just amazing, isn't he? You know, in the world's cycle, you'd have to keep doing it every day, wouldn't you? In sort of man's Greek kind of mindset. But with God, by just giving him the first, all of our time is sanctified. All of our finances are sanctified. All of our work is sanctified. All of our celebrations are sanctified. All of our, what I'm trying to say is every single area of our lives where we give God the first in our month, everything else then receives the benefit and the blessing of that. And that's why it's, it's really important. So as we treat it as holy, there is something released. In the Old Testament, it was an important celebration. I've already mentioned about they had a joyful celebration, they had a day of rest. I think we should have the day of rest, don't you? Extra day of rest every month. I mean, they're giving lots of favor to different groups in the workplace now on equality, diversity, and human rights. I think perhaps we should be saying, well, we celebrate first fruits, so that means we need that day off every month. The other thing is, it's, it's all about new beginnings as well, isn't it? It's a new beginning. So... What we celebrated in Adar, we've, we've moved now into Nissan, and I'm going to talk about Nissan at the weekend, so I'm not going to get into that, the specifics of this month yet, except to say it's all about deliverance this month. It's all about freedom from captivity. It's all about moving in the miraculous. It's an incredible uh, month of the year. Um, but the reality of the new beginning is it's fully pictured in Jesus, isn't it, who gives us the new beginning. So all these things in the old covenant are always pointing to the new in Christ. And when people say, oh, yeah, but that's just an Old Testament tradition, uh, you know, we don't do that because it's, it's the old covenant and you're going in, getting into the law and to legalism. It's got nothing to do with the law and legalism. It's got to do with the principle that God wants us to enjoy today. And in Isaiah 66, you will see that it won't just be for today, it will be for eternity. Just as Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles are feasts of the Lord, the three times in the year that God wants us to gather, they're feasts of the Lord, which we will celebrate for eternity. That's exciting. And we pray, Lord, that the rest of the church gets into this so that they can actually get on your timetable and receive your blessing. So is Rosh Kadesh, what do they do in um, Jesus' day? They celebrated it. So what about Christians then? There's some translation of Colossians 2, 16 to 17, which, um, which is about, it's, don't let anyone criticize you for not celebrating new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths, for these were only temporary rules that ended when Christ came. This is a scripture that people will potentially use to try and dissuade you that 
as usual, like the Paul scriptures about women, people tend to take this verse out of context, but it's also not very well translated. It adds to the words that change the meaning. The passage does not say, don't let anyone criticize you. And the passage does not say, these were only temporary, that ended. The actual translation is, let no one sit in judgment of you with regard to a new moon or a Sabbath. This is a warning about pharisaical legalism. They're not legalistic rituals where someone judges you on whether you do do it right. They are pictures of things to come. They have symbolic value, but the reality of what they portray belongs to Christ. So Rosh Kadesh is just like the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is only a picture of what Jesus did on the cross. cross. In the same way, Rosh Kadesh is a picture of what Jesus came to do. He came to give us new beginnings. Rosh Kadesh pictures the reality of the new beginning that is found in Jesus. It's a reminder every month that Jesus brings us life out of death. Amen? So, what for believers then? It's a special time to honor, praise, thank God, worship, feast, inquire of him. And by giving him the first, we sanctify our whole month. Now, I've got a little acrostic I like acrostics for you to finish with, and then we're going to pray. So, using the words of Rosh Chodesh, it's about bringing right alignment to the month ahead. It's about setting God's will for us in that month ahead. It's about offering our first in terms of our finance, in terms of everything that we are. It's a supernatural appointed time. So it's an appointment that God's given us. So, I mean, we come together, don't we, every Sunday? Yeah? We choose to do that. This is an appointment God is saying every month, I've put this in the calendar as a blessing cycle to bring you up, to bring you, to draw you closer to me. So it's a supernatural appointed time. We can expect to receive a release of his supernatural blessing. It's a time where we want to hear the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not that we don't hear the Holy Spirit every day, because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us every day. But it's a time where we can say, okay, Holy Spirit, in this month in Nissan, what are you saying to me about this month? What are you saying that you want me to assign? What what assignment are you giving me in this month? What specifically about this month is going to be important? What do I need to watch for? What's the strategy of the enemy against me in this month? It's a, a moment in time where if we take the time, God is going to give us strategies to overcome, strategies to win. And that's why the next one is conquer. (laughs) Because as we hear the Holy Spirit, that's enabling us to be in the right position to conquer. This, by the way, this is just my own. It's a month for holiness. It's It's a time for setting it apart, saying this month I'm setting it apart for you, God. Offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. Romans says, doesn't it? Offer your bodies as living sacrifice. It's a time to offer ourselves again to him. It's a time to determine the course of your month. It's a time to enter into the blessings assigned for this month. It's a time to sharpen your sword. Well, it is. Because you know what? Your sword gets bloody in the previous months, doesn't it? And it gets blunted, yeah. Well, mine does anyway. And it's a, month, it's a time where God wants us to start the month knowing that we are the head 
and not the tail. Now, look, I got this revelation this morning when I was out on my bike. So um, I haven't got any scriptures to go alongside it because it was sort of, it was just that. It was just one of those. I'd already done the rest of the pre- preparation. But I really felt like that's quite a good uh, acrostic to help people with, well, what's the purpose of first fruits? What's the d- what, what do we want to remember about first fruits? What are the things that we want to home in each month on? And there's probably other things. You could probably write your own. But those are the things that I felt like this is, this is a God moment.